When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Back to the Thursday Buckeye Talk podcast. Dougley Maurice and Stephen Means. We're going to keep this one a little tight because we were doing this one late Wednesday. Uh, I, I was going to like, I was going to be like, oh, Stephen, I was just so busy Wednesday. I couldn't, I couldn't get it done. I couldn't squeeze it in. We we're going to do it. In the, I went golfing. I went golfing. I, I golfed like the first time in like three years. My wrists are sore. I took giant divots. Um, again, I've told the story many times. My greatest golfing feat. These are the things that I've done as a golfer. When I was a, a teenager, the golf course I played was across a two-lane highway from a car dealership. And one time I hit a drive exactly sideways. It was like a ground ball to third base. It hit a tree, bounced across the highway, and smashed through the glass door of the car dealership. So that was one thing that happened. Another time, uh, when I when uh, many years ago working at the Plain Dealer, we did a thing where we would, on the longest day of the summer, we would try to play as many holes as we could um, in the summer. On the longest day of the summer, we would get readers. We had some sports writers, and I broke somebody's wrist by hitting them with a golf ball um, doing that. And... Uh, and there's just and, and I played at a media day at the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield, and um, we were trying to hit it out of a sand trap, like hit it closest to the pin. And I blasted out of the sand trap and I hit a scoreboard and I dented the scoreboard like Dude. before the tournament. So so this is what I that's what I, I've played. I didn't play in like three years. So I'm alive, Stephen. Is that not enough? I'm here and I'm alive. And my, when I, I called my wife and I when I was driving home and she just said, like, is everybody OK? And Bingo. I'm I'm healthy, and everybody I played with, they're healthy, and so that's a win before we even start the pod, Stephen. That's the real key. It's not about is Doug alive. It's everybody who played with Doug and played around Doug alive, and are all cars okay, or all scoreboards okay, and are all windows okay? Because from the sounds of it, you don't need to be anywhere near golf clubs. That's that's true. I actually have never been injured uh playing golf but i i <laughs> inflict damage just like i inflict damage on our listeners um so listen we're going to talk about ohio state's talent level we're going to talk a little bit about the blue chip ratio which is something that a sports writer named bud elliott came up, like, up with like eight years ago i think a lot of people 
Stephen, listening to this podcast, know about it. We're going to touch on it. And then I went through, and what I wanted to do a little bit is, this is the this is the Buckeye Futures Friday, but we're going to talk recruiting, but more about the current roster, because we did what I thought was a great podcast. We got good response about it when we did the 2023 depth chart. And like we looked a couple of years ahead. But I want to remind people like what this depth chart looks like in terms of where the players were ranked when they were recruited. So we're going to play a little bit of that game. It's not like you guys don't know they're good players, but it's a reminder because I'll tell you, Stephen, recruiting is everywhere. Recruiting is constant. But I do think every now and then it's one of those things we can deal so much with the acquisition of the recruit and whatever that we can maybe underplay on the back end how much the talent matters because it's so obvious but I just want to remind people how many like top 100 recruits are going to be playing for Ohio state this year. Like, do you think we can do that? We're so occupied when they get in here and then we start talking about them like as NFL draft picks. And sometimes it's like, by the way, remember like that Teron Vincent was the 20th best recruit in the country, right? Like there's just some stuff like that. I want to touch on. It's interesting because uh, one of the things we wanted to use along with the blue chip ratio was the talent composite 247 sports puts out every year, but obviously the 2021 version of that is not out yet, but I did some research using that as well. And one of the things I found out is yes, talent matters within context, because one of the things I was looking at, as I went back, they've been tracking this composite since 2015, the talent composite. And only once has a team who was actually the most talented team in the country from a recruiting standpoint actually been the team that's won a national mm. title. And as a matter of fact, for the past three years, the team hasn't even been in the top five. Typically, and what and one of the things you notice is the context is who was the quarterback. That's typically what the context is because who was the quarterback the last three years? It's Alabama bringing back their entire squad along with Mac Jones, a first round pick. You've got you know uh, Joe Burrow, number one pick in the draft. Trevor Lawrence, number one pick in the draft. There was even a year where Ohio State had the most talented team in the country, and it piqued the story idea that I think I'm going to look into a little bit more. More of a what if story idea where I look into some things with that 2018 roster. But yes. The talent matters with the context and the context is usually AKA quarterback. I do think the thing you find a lot is that there's like a minimum level of talent that you have mm -hmm. to have, that it's not, you know, the most talented team's not always going to win, but it's sort of like, if you don't have like one of the six or eight most talented rosters, like, I don't know, man, yeah. like, I don't even know. And, and I'm just going to give a little plug here because I know some of the listeners know this. I know some of the tech subscribers know this. The first college football playoff show has dropped my new national college football podcast with my co-host Shahan J. Haraja that dropped on Wednesday. And so we're talking all about the playoff there constantly. And one of the things we do on that show, Stephen, is that each week we start off with the premise that Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama are always in the playoff discussion. And in the preseason, what we're doing is week by week, we're going to deal with one team and say, do they deserve to enter the playoff discussion and be lumped in with those teams as a contender. And the team we did in week one was Texas A&M and not to give it away because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are like, what, there's another podcast, but they got it. We put them in, but the reason we put them in one of the big reasons is because they have a minimum level of talent. When you look at Texas A&M, I'm going to have trouble as we go along. You know, we're going to discuss Iowa state at some point. We're going to discuss Cincinnati at some point. 
Are we going to discuss like a second Big Ten team at some point? But some of those teams, Stephen, like I don't know that they're going to have the minimum level of talent for me to really think of them as a playoff contender until they really prove it on the field. And it is a reminder. It's like, yes, of course, we know that Ohio State has players like this, but it's about that minimum level of talent. And there's just not a lot of teams meeting that threshold. It's because the minimum level of talent keeps you from getting blown out. The minimum level of talent is what allows you to make it a game with everybody else, whether you win it or not. And back to the context point, the quarterback allows you to actually win the game. But if you don't have the talent around that quarterback, if you if you don't have both, you're getting blown out. If you have the quarterback without the talent, it's maybe a game for a half. And if you have the talent without the quarterback, ask Georgia what happens. You get left out year after year after year. So, and I just want to make note because I, I know I've said over the years, like, I don't know anything about other teams. I don't get paid to cover those teams. It's like, actually, now I'm, gonna, I'm getting paid to know about them. Go. So I'm going to know more. So I'm not going to constantly talk about the other show on this show. But when I pick things up that apply to our Ohio State audience, ah, I'm going to be a little more well-rounded, Stephen. So I did think this, this caught my eye a little bit. In talking about Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher lifted their level of recruiting when he got there. And 2019 was like his first big class. In that class, Kenyon Green, who's their left tackle right now, was the number 15 overall player in the country. DeMarvin Leal, who's a really good defensive lineman for them, was the number 16 overall player in the country. And then Isaiah Spiller, who's their All-American running back, was the number 152 overall player in the country, okay? So in that class, Green and Leal were 15 and 16 in the country. Those were the two highest-ranked guys in that class, okay? And so it's like, wow, here comes Texas A&M. In that class, they had five, six, seven, seven top 100 players. And that was like, hey, look, like Jimbo's arrived. Texas A&M is real. And Stephen that's just like an average Ohio state class. That's just like the norm. And the thing that I think as I go out into the world and actually put more time into studying other teams, it is going to be a reminder of the things that we take for granted, right? At Texas A&M, it's like, Hey man, you turn two top 20 national players. They're now entering their third year and they're all American quality players, that is Jimbo getting it done. And that's just the cycle. That's what Ohio State does like year after year after year after year after year. It's the norm. Well, for a lot of programs, that's them reaching a peak. And it's worth every now and then as we're easing into this season now, right? One more reminder, what Ohio State does every day, every year, every class is the kind of thing that most programs are aspiring to do once. Have we overthought how far away Ohio State is from Alabama because of that point? Because it's the only team it can compare itself to because Georgia can recruits like Ohio State, but it doesn't win like Ohio State. And some of that is because they're in the same conference as, as Alabama, but that just is what it is. Clemson wins like Ohio State, but it doesn't necessarily do it with the same level of talent that Ohio State does it across the board. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is what he is, but they don't have a top 100 guy starting at every single position like Ohio State and Alabama have. And so I, I think I, I, we might be, if Ohio State's going to continue this trend, we might be a year or two away from, we might actually just be a national title away from Alabama and Ohio State being in a tier if Clemson is going, because I don't think Clemson can keep this up 
and not recruit at the same level as these other two teams. So maybe Ohio State isn't that far off from Alabama. They just needed to get some of these weird recruiting blips out of their system, which they're clearly doing right now. Clemson keeps up with Alabama on the field, which is the only thing that matters, but they don't keep up with Alabama in recruiting. Georgia keeps up with Alabama in recruiting, but they don't keep up with them on the field. The team that has the best chance to like do both is Ohio state, right? That Ohio state. I mean, when they got to the national title game last year and, you know, Ohio state had some injuries and Trey Sermon got hurt and Tommy Togi had not play. And they were, I mean, you know, Bama was playing with Jalen Waddle on one foot. So, you know, Ohio state was a step short But I do think, to your point, Stephen, I do think at times it can feel like maybe we talk about Ohio State, Alabama, and like Ohio State's just not at their level. But when you really take a step back, it's like, well, nobody's at Alabama's level. But if anybody is and is going to be, not just now but in the future, it's Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Because it's all about the field. But you can see that they've kind of, they, you know, they beat them on the field in 14. They hang with them in recruiting. You can see where there's room for Ohio State to get even a little bit better. Is Dabo going to continue this level of recruiting or not? I don't know. And Georgia has not lived up to its recruitment. So it is a reminder that while, yes, Ohio State is not Bama, they really, in a lot of ways, are closer than anybody else. And I think we need to remind ourselves. And again, maybe it's just us. Maybe it's just the three of us and everybody listening to this understands that. But let's look at the blue chip ratio. And I'm reading from the 247sports.com story by Bud Elliott. And I just would direct everybody there. Again, this is not new. A lot of you listening to this are really smart about these things. He has done this for a while. It's a reminder for those who know and a little heads up for those who are not experts on the blue chip ratio. The headline is blue chip ratio 2021 to 16 teams who can win a national title. And honestly, this is one of the things like I should have come up with this. This is like Bud just crunching some numbers in a smart way. And I think one of the things that smart sports writers do is you take the stuff that's out there that everybody has the numbers and you add the context that other people haven't thought of. And he did that. And basically what this is, Stephen, is just like, What's your percentage of like five stars and four stars on your roster compared to your percentage of three stars and two stars? It's pretty basic. Now, he does put in a lot of work to double check it. So the teams who have signed more blue chip recruits than non-blue chip recruits over the last four classes, here's the blue chip ratio, right? What percent of your players are blue chips? Alabama, 84%, which again is mind-boggling for this roster. Georgia, 80%. Ohio State, 79%. So that's the top three. And then there's a drop to Clemson at 67. Then it's bunched LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, all 66. Texas A&M, 61. Michigan, 58. Auburn and Oregon, 56. Penn State, 56. Notre Dame, Miami, 53. uh, 55. USC, 53. So that top group, Stephen, 84, 80, 79. And then there is a 12% gap between Ohio State and Clemson, that is a clear top three. And as we said, in that top three is a team who has never figured out how to get over the top. Mm-hmm. A lot because of quarterback play, maybe some because of coaching Kirby Smart. And then you have Bama and Ohio State. So like Ohio State, we've always said Bama and Clemson are kind of in that top tier. And then Ohio State's right behind him. Like you can see how Ohio State could change that. 
And that in some ways, at least when it comes to recruiting, they're definitely ahead of Clemson, which everybody listening to this knows, but they are not that far away from Bama. No, they're not. And it's not to go backwards again with some of this talent stuff, but to go backwards again, it's, it's how we've always talked about how nobody has been spurned more by the college football playoff decisions than Ohio State in the sense that it not getting in has clearly probably cost Ohio State some championships. And I, I focus mostly on this 2018 season where I'm looking at the points for this. They do it by points. It's, it's done just like they do recruiting rankings, basically, where they break down the five stars, the four stars, three stars, the average star rating, and then the points. In 2018, Ohio State was the most talented roster in the country with 984.3 points, and Alabama was second with 978.54 points, and then Georgia, third, 963.87. Ohio State doesn't make the playoff because they lose to Purdue, which a lot had to go into, and there's a whole win of situation, but some of this kind of just boils down to the most talented roster in the country didn't have its most talented player, and it probably cost it a national championship. And that, that's been part of the story. It, 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 it even goes back further than that. You get blown out in 2016, and you lose a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And in terms, you probably lose to national championships where in that 2018 season, if Nick DeBosa doesn't go down and Chase Young's ankles aren't a mess, it doesn't matter how bad the secondary is. you got Chase Young, you got Nick Bosa, and you got a quarterback who's a vertical passing threat. And we saw Clemson beat Alabama in a national championship game with that formula. And then Ohio State's got two national titles. Alabama's got two national titles. And Clemson has the one national title heading into the 2020 season. And we're probably viewing these programs a little differently. And instead of it being maybe Alabama's on a tier by itself, while Ohio State's maybe creeping up on Clemson, it's Alabama and Ohio State are on the same tier. Maybe Clemson's probably 1B. And it's one of those things, I mean, like you can't just have the talent, you have to convert it. Like that 18 team was, the 17 class was sophomores, they were not all the way there yet. You know, that whole season, Jeff Okuda wasn't quite Jeff Okuda yet. Chase was injured, as we know. And then the 18 classes freshmen weren't really ready to break through yet. So that I think, you know, by the numbers, yeah, they were the most talent, but I, but talented. But I think you could see how the talent wasn't quite translating yet. So that's going to lead us to a reminder of, I do think the thing that is happening here, and we have talked about, listen, that 2019 class, is a little bit of a step back. It's a transitional year. This is a third year, guys. But you have enough of these fourth year 2018 guys who have hung around and were big time recruits and haven't quite popped yet, but they're still have a quite a pedigree. You have a couple of these 17 guys, Thayer, Munford, Haskell, Garrett, that you never imagined who would still be here. And then you have some 21 guys, like Travion Henderson, especially who's going to contribute right away. And there's enough that, like, I think even though that third year class is really the most important class, I think for every team, there's enough Ohio state is, is sort of patching any holes in that 2019 class from both sides. They have some 17 and 18 guys who are older, who are still here because they did not have an exodus of 18 guys, right? Tommy Togi, I left, but basically everybody else is here. They did not have a mass NFL exodus because a lot of those guys hadn't popped yet. And then you have some 20 and 21 guys who are going to help you that I don't think they're going to – it's not going to be super noticeable. Probably one position excluded. So we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll run through just how many top 100 players – that's my blue chip ratio, top 100. How many top 100 recruits is Ohio State going to have in its starting lineup in 2021? You kind of know it. 
but it's not a, not a bad little thing to be reminded about as we get ready for this season. We'll do it next on Buckeye Talk. Doug and Steven, try the text at 614-350-3315. And if you haven't listened yet, please go ahead and sample that new, the college football playoff show. Wherever you're listening to Buckeye Talk, you can find it out there. We're not on Google Podcasts yet, but we're getting there. But we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, wherever. We're getting out there. Google's a little bit slower. It'll be out there soon. All right. Steven. Of the projected defensive starting lineup, and I'm not doing anything here that's, you know, anything spectacular, like unusual, right? Just kind of what we all think. How many top 100 recruits do you think will be starting for Ohio State's defense this season? So it's it's five in the 2018 class, just defense, and then 2019 is one. 2020 is maybe one, depending on what we think the linebacker situation is going to be. Um, so I'd say seven. Yeah, and then there's and then there's Haskell Garrett kind of hanging around right, from the old stuff. So, guy. and then if you want to throw some rotational guys in there who might see some time, maybe you get up to nine. So let's let's uh, yeah. Well, mo- I'm g- I'm mostly talking starters, so I'm, like I don't okay. have Jack so, Sawyer yeah. on this list. Okay, so let's just- remind ourselves. Zach Harrison, number 12 player in the country. Teron mm-hmm. Vincent, number 20 recruit in the country. Tyreek Smith, number 34 recruit in the country. Taraja Mitchell, number 44 recruit in the country. Haskell Garrett, number 68 recruit in the country. Josh Proctor, number 71 recruit in the country. And then your guy who is an either or, Cody Simon, number 75 nope. recruit in the country. So if you count him as a starter, if you think he beats out Dallas Gann or something like that, he get you slide him in there. So then I would have four positions where I'm not expecting that they have a top 100 recruit. Nobody at corner. Mm-hmm. Cam Brown, 323. Seven Banks, 221. If we have Lathan Ransom in that slot spot, he was 167. Mm-hmm. And then the bullet, if the bullet is either Ronnie Hickman or Craig Young, or even Court Williams, none of them were top 100 guys. Ronnie Hickman was mm-hmm. 115, and Craig Young was 609. That was He was kind of way down the list. But that's pretty good. That's a defensive line, and that's not counting Jack Sawyer, who's the number four recruit in the country, right? or JTT. But that expected front line, Stephen, it's 12, 20, 34, and 68. And, like, I'm not sure that you would find four defensive linemen in the top 100 in the rest of the Big Ten. And Ohio State's got four that are all going to start. Yeah, no, I mean they got four starters, and then they got backup to our top one hundred guys. But it's just the only place you see that <laughs> is Alabama and Georgia, and they both run three four. So even then, you don't have four starting defensive lines who have top one hundred guys, and that's just you don't think about it because I none of the, those guys to this point have probably outside of high school gear have lived up. It's that top 100 billing, but they still have that pedigree and that expectation. Yeah. And again, we don't want to get too caught up in recruiting rankings with guys right. who are in their fourth year in the program. Cause at some point it doesn't matter, but it still tells you something. And so like, if you're believing that Teron Vincent might do something, it's like, well, that number 20 ranking in the country is propelling Bingo. that, that thinking. And it's not, I don't think it's foolhardy. Like, I don't know. 
I don't think there's anybody I listed there. I mean, like Teron Vincent, Taraja Mitchell, Josh Proctor, like all these guys, none of them are like busts, right? None of them are like, well, they've they've proven they're not not as good as people thought. They just still, for Teron Vincent, it's injury. For Taraja Mitchell, it's just being blocked. For Josh Proctor, it's being moved around a little bit. Like it's all there. They just, you understand why they maybe haven't completely shown it yet, right? Like it's kind of reasonable, which then when you fall back on recruiting rankings, it doesn't make you feel like a crazy person. It, what it is is when you're a top 100 crew, at any point, a guy can pop off and be an All American and you're not shocked that it happens. Now, the, the longer they're in the career, the less you come to expect it. But if Josh Proctor has seven interceptions next year, we're all going to be like, well, of course he did. He was the number 71 player in the country. And the, there's a reason why Ohio State went out to Oklahoma for the first time to go get him because he could do stuff like this. That's all it does is it, it, it leaves it. While with Chris Olave, when you're ranked as low as he is, it's a bigger story when he becomes arguably the best wide receiver in the country. So that's pretty good for the defense. You said, um, you know, I just did my little minor little mini research here. Um, what, what was the stuff you said that, that you looked up? Is there, is there anything else that we need to apply before I, I start sliding over the offense? Not with this. I do think you kind of made a point earlier with because of how that 2019 class is. I think another point of context I should probably add is when you're looking at these talent composites that's, as they start to come out is when you see, okay, a team has this number of five stars, this number of four stars, this number of three stars, who's playing, right? Because if you've got 12 five stars, but it's because you just had a class where you had six five stars and they're all true freshmen. It's cool that you have that many five stars, but they're not helping you that year. So there's no point in talking about them with Ohio state and Alabama and Georgia, their five and four star guys are typically helping because there's a healthy balance between there's a Jack Sawyer five star. Who's a true freshman who we think might be in the rotation, but also no one's going to be shocked if he doesn't play that much. But then you've also got the Zach Harrison, who's a five star in his third year. And we're expecting him to be ready to be an NFL player. And listen, it's, 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 you know, there's not a lot of Tyreek Johnson's on the roster still when it's like, Hey, that guy's a five star, right. but he actually is not the player you thought he was. I mean, he's literally gone. He's at Nebraska. I saw, one of the Nebraska papers was doing like a, a list of like the most interesting corn huskers for this season. And he was like number 13 on the list because like for Nebraska to get a five-star is like a big stinking deal. Mm -hmm. Like their blood helps their blue chip ratio a ton. And that would be like a guy who that would be hollow. I don't, I don't feel like when you think at from year to year, it changes. When you look at Ohio state's blue chip ratio for this season, again, it is only one measure. It is a really smart measure that also is a little bit on the surface, right? Mm -hmm. I think Ohio State's ratio is real, right? It's not fraudulent to me. It's not, well, because, especially when you look at the offense, like your head starts to spin a little bit. And listen, we're keeping a little bit tighter. We're going to take another quick break and be back talking about the Ohio State offense, how many top 100 recruits will start for the OSU offense in 2021. Next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Steven, this, this one is a little nuttier. How many offensive top 100 players do you think will be starting in 2021? It's the fact that <laughs> I haven't even scrolled yet on any of these pages, and I've already gotten up to five. So now we got six, seven, eight. So it's nine. Yeah, it's nine of them. It's nine of the 11, and the two that aren't, 
are both all Americans because <laughs> the two that aren't yeah. like multi-year starter all Americans because it's Thayer Munford and Chris Olave. The two who aren't were ranked in like the 200s and 300s and they might be the best player in the country at their position. Like I'm definitely at some point going to ask Chris Olave this year, Chris, do you feel bad that you are murdering the recruiting the ranking of the Ohio state starters? Because That's he's, cr- it's crazy. It's he is the lowest rated guy in his position room, and he's the best guy in his position room. And it's one of those things I think. And again, we all know this. Olave uh, missed a lot of his junior year. That contributed to that. Thayer Munford had some stuff. Just was like getting himself situated um, to go to college. That I think may, might have affected him. That like again, both mm-hmm. these guys. To some degree, it's like good recruiting jobs. Ohio State dug these guys out, but also like, well, I think everybody kind of knew in the moment that they were probably better than their recruiting ranking was anyway. So let's go through this. And again, listen, man, sometimes on on Buckeye Talk, you guys listening, I'm imagining you listen to, to us and you say, wow, I did not know that. I did not think of that. Nathan and Steven and Doug are geniuses. They have opened my eyes. They have opened my mind and my heart. And I now see the world in a different way. Thank you, Buckeye Talk. You know, I think we do that eh, three times a week, probably. We open your minds and your hearts. Maybe this isn't one. It's like, hey, let's talk about all the good players. It's a reminder. So this is not a wow. This is a, oh, yeah. So I'm hoping we're giving you a little, oh, yeah. All right, offense, number seven. Who is the number seven overall overall recruit in the country that's on the offense? Don't look, don't look. I see you oh, turning your head. This is, this is Stephen um, Means quiz time. Number seven is either, it's either Paris or Nicholas Petit Frere. It's Nicholas Petit Frere. He's the highest okay. ranked guy. Paris was number nine. Okay. So that's on the offensive line. You got a seven and a nine. Then you got a number 20. Who was number 20? Mm. The third highest ranked guy in the offense, Stephen. I, can't, I mean, if you oh, have wait, no, no, no. Of course I know this one because I'm doing stuff. I'm doing a lot of stories. Garrett Wilson is number 20, which is ridiculous. G-dub. So he's number 20. Then you got a number 22. Who's number 22? Mm, that's not. It's a little harder. That's not. Yeah, that's that's not Rucker because he's 37. Travion. Travion Henderson. Travion Henderson. I'm giving him the starting job, but Nathan's not here. So well, I'll yeah. give it to him. No, I'm giving it to him too. 29. Who's 29? Can I know what class? Uh, he's a sophomore. CJ. No, CJ, right? JSN. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jigba. Number 29. Five, number 29 player. Yeah. Number 30. Who's number 30? Harry. Harry Miller's number 30. Yeah. Number 37. You said it? Yeah, CJ. No, 37's Rucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, record. Yeah, and then C.J. Stroud is forty-two. Yeah, because he was like, there's a huge gap between him and Bryce Young and D.J. So then the last spot is, if you're thinking that that last offensive line spot will either be Matthew Jones or Luke Whipler, mm-hmm. Matthew Jones is a top one hundred guy. He's sixty-eight. Correct. Luke Whipler is just outside the top one hundred. He's one hundred eight. So that's the ninth spot. So they have eight offensive starters who are among the top 42 recruits in their class in the country. 7, 9, 20, 22, 29, 30, 37, 42. And then again, Thayer Munford's 285 and Chris Olave's 399. That is a real ratio that matters. And it's young and old. It's Jeremy Ruckert. 
It's Travion Henderson. It's multi-positional. It's offensive linemen. It's receivers. It's a quarterback that ties it all together. And if it's not that quarterback who ties it together, it'll be the other quarterback who's also a top 100 guy in Kyle McCord. It, it just feels, uh, it feels really real to me. And like, we have the question at quarterback that is hanging over this season for Ohio state, but that's normal. And it makes me want to kind of go through some stuff, Steven. It makes me even want to think about like Alabama's offense last year. How many of their starters were top 100 recruits in their class? I can't imagine there have been many offenses, Stephen, in the history of college football in the modern recruiting era that had eight of their starters who were top 42 national recruits. And again, it's a reminder. It's not a, oh, wow. It's a, oh, yeah. We're just reminding you guys that this is the offense that we are talking about for the Buckeyes in 2021. So a couple of things. One, to bring up Bama, they might be 10 or 11 or 9, but just but think about what it took for it to be that. They had to have a bunch of guys come back from the 2017 class who in most years probably wouldn't have come back. But because that whole entire group come back, it created a super team effect. I don't know if that would have been the case had Najee Harris and Devonta Smith all left instead of staying for another year. Um, Alex Leatherwood, you throw him in there as well. But then also Matthew Jones is almost a perfect example to use here because you almost forget that he was the number 68 player in the top center in his recruiting class because he's in year four and hasn't had a real significant role outside of because there were some COVID issues he had to start and come in in some games. And so we've kind of overlooked him and it's like, oh, we moved on to Harry Miller. We've moved on to Luke Whippler. This was the best center in the 2018 recruiting class. And we don't even think about him. He's an afterthought. That's where Ohio State lives, where you can be a top 100 guy or even a borderline top 100 guy like Luke Whippler is easily get lost in the shuffle because there's a top 100 guy, five-star recruit coming in the very next year. So it's just a reminder. This is just a reminder podcast. Um, A week from now, Nathan and Steven and I will be at the first day of Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. Ohio State is taking Zach Harrison. Double check this for me, right? You you texted it. Uh, Haskell Garrett and Thayer Munford? Uh, No, no, no. no. Chris uh, Haskell. Zach Harrison, Thayer Munford, and Chris Olave. Okay. That's a pretty good group. Yeah, that those sound like captains because two of those guys probably shouldn't be on that roster. They should be preparing for NFL training camp, and the other one might be preparing for NFL training camp twelve months from now. It nice to, it would be nice to let Garrett go and let it loose, but I understand oh, like, you send yeah. you send Chris Olave instead. There's Ooh. always there's always a controversy with like teams not sending their quarterback. I think the Big Twelve, which is doing their media days right now, I think like. I saw something like only three quarterbacks are there. And it's just like, what is wrong with these teams? It's like you're there promoting your sport, and it's like you're afraid to bring the best guys. So I, I don't know why people do I that. I think it's because you get the quarterback every week during the season that you don't, you'd rather give him a break and not have him sitting there for an hour. Yeah. Sorry, everybody wants to talk to the most important player all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not going to apologize for that. So, so that's coming. We'll be doing that a week from now. Uh, tomorrow, the Friday podcast is going to be about what if Terrell Pryor didn't come to Ohio State, and we'll get into all of the um, Tattoo 5 stuff that has come out this week. On Monday, we've already recorded this podcast. Nathan, Stephen, and I will be releasing um, our Big Ten picks for the what order we think 
uh, everyone's going to finish in this season. And and before we go, Stephen, I, I didn't tease this at the start. I should have, but this goes back to the discussion we had at the beginning of the big Wednesday podcast, where we talked about should Ohio state have hired Marcus Freeman as their defensive coordinator when they hired Kerry Combs. Now Marcus Freeman is at Notre Dame. I sent out a poll to our tech subscribers. And this is one of the things that I like best again, where the tech subscribers, I think enjoy participating in stuff like this, but it's also of our focus group of dedicated, smart, involved Ohio state fans who care And so when we ask a question, we know we're getting like a real, I think, feel for the fan base. I asked this question of the texters, who would you rather have as Ohio State's defensive coordinator? Marcus Freeman, Kerry Combs, or either is great. Because I think that is a very fair response that like, you know what? I mean, like, as we said in the pod, you can't have both. They're both awesome. I'll take either one. Who do you think won the texture poll, Stephen? And there was good response on this. Who do you think won between Combs, Freeman, and either one? I think either one won because it's always in the middle. But I think of the two actually getting picked, I think Kerry won, given the scenario Ohio State was in when they hired him. Remarkably close. Kerry yeah. Combs, 37%. Marcus Freeman, 34%. Either is great, 29%. So basically a third, a third, a third. Yeah. So that means, you know, there's not a bunch of, I think, uh, upset Ohio State fans about this. And I understand the draw of Marcus, but I was curious where people would be on that. This is not anybody saying Kerry Combs shouldn't be here. It's just like acknowledging there are other good coaches out in the world, especially when one's a uh, former Buckeye. So thanks to the texters for being part of that. Again, if you want to be involved with this and get ready, right, for all our texts from Big Ten Media Days in a week, 614-350-3315. For now, thanks for listening. On behalf of Stephen Means, I'm Doug Lee Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.